the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. We're going to make our way back to our seats at this moment as we prepare for the, the word of the Lord. Amen. While you are uh, making your way back to your seats and getting your Bible, getting your Bibles out, not to quench or kill the spirit or anything, amen, but today is uh, Sister Gina's birthday, and uh, she's, how old? You don't ask those questions. We're we're just happy that God's blessed with another year of life, amen, and we're thankful for Sister Gina. Uh, We don't, we don't uh, always tell you about everyone's birthdays as they happen, but uh, amen, Sister Gina's let me think. Sister Gina has been with Abundant Life Center for for many years now. Twelve years. Amen. And I remember when Sister Gina and uh, her four boys showed up at our church years ago. They had this, was it a white van or something? Amen. That she could carry all the boys with. And that resonated with me because I grew up with three brothers and it was four of us in total and we had the big, you know, Ford Econolines and with the, the doors that you'd have to, at one point, we had to put rope around the door to hold it shut. So they, they just fall apart and you just, you had to make do. And and uh, Sister Gina's been coming for, man, 12 years now. And um, thankful for her uh, consistency and faithfulness and living for the Lord and her just willingness to always be a blessing and uh, truly, she embodies uh, the the mindset that if there's anything you need help with in the church, Pastor, I'll do it. Amen. And she'll she'll step out of her comfort zone. She'll try and do electrical work and plumbing plumbing work and everything else. And I gotta say, Sister Gina, we're gonna have a pro come in to do this. Thing. She was like, I got YouTube, you know, I can do this. But we appreciate Sister Gina, and and, uh, and y'all be sure and uh, tell her happy birthday when we get out of church. And I know she'll appreciate it. Uh, if you have your Bibles turning and directing your attention to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3. Amen. And also while you're turning there, it's great to have with us all of our, uh, everyone that's with us today. We're happy you're in the house of the Lord. Uh, when I was growing up, Brother Nathan, if there was a visitor, you'd have to stand and say hello to the congregation. And it was a little bit embarrassing, but... <laughs> And we want everyone to feel, you know, that they, that they are comfortable meeting everybody. Uh, but we're just happy that everyone's with us today, and we're thankful amen. to be in the house of the Lord. It is very comforting, amen, being able to look out, amen, during service and see lots of different faces and more and more faces. And, and uh, it's it's a it's a feeling, amen, that we never want to get away from, amen. The church of God, the house of God, should be full. Uh, regardless of coronavirus and pandemic and everything else, the Bible doesn't change. Amen. And it's still the will of God that his house be full. Amen. It's still the will of God that his house be full. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, it says, I'm in First Peter. I was like, that's not my verse I had. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. There we go. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The middle of that verse, it says, but he is long-suffering to us. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. I want to just talk to you for a few moments this morning on this topic, a long-suffering God. A long-suffering God. Jesus, we come before you. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your spirit. Thank you for all that you've done. We want you to know today, Lord, that we love you with all of our hearts. We're deeply grateful for everything you've done in our lives. We pray, God, that you would have your way in this place, in this service today. I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay. Lord, help me to speak as the mouthpiece of God to your people. And I pray, Father, that you would anoint every heart and every mind under the sound of my voice here today, God. Let their hearts and minds be open and receptive to your word. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. Thank you for standing and worshiping with us. Amen. The word long-suffering is a word that is not used often in our vocabulary in 2021, but it, it simply means to be able to bear injuries or provocation for a long or extended period of time. Long-suffering is a characteristic and a trait that means you're not easily provoked or you're exceedingly patient. Amen. I'm still striving for this in my own life. It means someone that is able to endure with patience offenses in their lives. Someone that's able to deal with offenses with patience in their lives. This is really not an easy character trait for any of us, if we're probably honest. But maybe others have been able to get here and, and deal with offenses with patience. Another scripture in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 48, verse number 9, it says, For my name's sake will I defer my anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee that I cut thee not off. Another scripture also revealing to us the nature of Christ and the nature of God, how that he will be able to refrain himself from, uh, uh, from our sometimes the judgment that we deserve. And he will defer his anger for his name's sake. In other words, in Isaiah chapter 48 and verse number 9, God is telling the nation of Israel that for his great name, he will spare the people. Uh, we, you and I, we don't deserve this. But for his great name, he has mercy and defers anger and doesn't cut us off. I, for one, am thankful to God that each and every time I messed up along the way and along the road of life, he did not say, you're done. Yeah. Amen. And zap from heaven and just uh, annihilate me and just let me become vaporized with his with the wrath of his anger. Amen. But he had mercy upon me right. and he continually waited on me and he continually uh, worked on me and he had yeah. grace and mercy. and He was long suffering towards my life. In Ezekiel chapter number 20, it also says that God grieved over the constant refusals and rebellion against his wishes that violated his truths and so on. And yet he says in chapter 20, verse number 17, nevertheless, mine eyes spared them 
from destroying them. And neither did I make an end of them in the wilderness. Why? Because of the simple fact that God is long-suffering. God is able to deal with our offenses with the patience. God is able to defer His anger. God is such a God that He wants to work with you and I. And God understands, amen, that we are humans and we are frail. And we've got a long ways to go. And I'm thankful that He is God and not you are God. I'm thankful that He is God, not I am God. I'm thankful that He is God and He is a long-suffering God. Amen. And I, the things that I'm experiencing today, amen, I'll be the first to tell you I do not deserve His grace. And I do not deserve His mercy. Amen. Except it was for a God that was long-suffering. Except it was for a God, amen, that every time I came into His presence and I said, God, forgive me. God, I messed up again. God, I left it without you. And God kept saying, I'll forgive you. I'll help you. Amen. I'll endure a long time with your frailties and your inconsistencies because of His greatness and because of His great name. God is in Himself a composite of perfected attributes. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 tells us that by His exceeding great and precious promises, we can be partakers of His divine nature. Amen. We... His nature cannot expand or diminish. Amen. Because He is an unchanging God. He is forever the same. Hallelujah. His word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. His nature is what He is always, what He always has been. His nature doesn't change. God is absolute good and He's absolute holy and He has absolute power. And God is still, amen, let me remind you, He is in control of everything in this world. He is in absolute control and He has absolute power, amen. He has power to lift up and to cast down. He has power to take life and to give life. He has power to forgive sins and to wash away sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God cannot deal with us in one aspect or one attribute and at the same time violate another one of His attributes or characteristics. Amen. Our world and the world that we live in in Christendom, amen, it magnifies and it only celebrates the love of God and the grace of God and the kindness of God. If you were to visit many different churches, Amen. Perhaps even in the city you would hear constantly a message of grace and love. And those are wonderful and powerful subjects that can change your life. But people think that if God, amen, didn't give away His holiness and His righteous judgment, that He won't have anybody at His party. But you cannot believe that because God is altogether lovely. He is a loving God and a gracious God. And He's a holy God and a long-suffering God. He's a God of wrath and judgment. And He's a God of love and peace. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful today for who He is. He will love, amen, the vilest of sinners. He will love the kind of people that you and I sneer at. He will love the kind of people that you and I turn the other way and walk on the other side of the road. He'll love the kind of people that you're frustrated with. He'll love the kind of people, amen, that hurt you, that abused you, that rejected you because He is love and He'll love anybody and everybody. Amen.
even because he's not willing that any should perish, as the Bible says, but that all should come to repentance. He will love, but he will love because he's holy. He will be he will be kind because he's holy. He will be just because he's holy. His holiness is not a negative. It's not a detractor of his character and his nature. Amen. While his love is not just amen, the only positive in in, in the attributes of God. Everything about God is positive. Everything about God, the God that I serve, the God that I'm preaching about, is a positive. It is meant to help you and I. Amen. When we're stuck in the miry pit of sin. Amen. His love, His holiness, His judgment, everything about Him is forever for our positive and for our benefit and for our gain. Hallelujah. You say, well, how can that be? Amen. Uh, the God that I've heard all my life is just a God of love and mercy. Amen. The God that I've experienced is also a God of judgment. He's also a God that will correct me. Amen. The Bible says if He is one that only loves you and never corrects you, then you're a bastard and not a son. Amen. But because He loves you so much, He allows things to happen in your life so that in those moments of your life you will look to Him and say, God, I thought I could do it by myself, but I can't make it on my own. I can't do it by myself. I need your help. Hallelujah. Sometimes God allows the sicknesses that we question God for, we question God about. Sometimes God allows impoverished situations in life so that you can realize you can't make it without the Lord. Sometimes God allows the negative things to enter into your life. Amen. So you would reach out to Him and you would find out you need Him more than you thought you did. It is a revelation of His love for righteousness and His wrath and indignation and hate for wickedness and evil and perversion. Hallelujah. We need a revelation of His love for us today. Hallelujah. That God works through different venues and avenues and things in our lives. Amen. To bring us to a place. Amen. Of closeness and fellowship and communication with God. Hallelujah. 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 Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 9 through 17 tells of the wonderful acts of kindness and care of God for His people. He showed Himself, amen, a God ready to pardon or a God ready to forgive. A God that was gracious and a God that was merciful. A God that was slow to anger and of great kindness and did not forsake the people of God. This is a God that we serve. And the Bible, yet the Bible continues and it says that still they hardened their necks and hearkened not. Or they did not listen to the commandments of the Lord. Hallelujah. There were times if you and I are to be honest when God reached for us and we said, God, not now. There were other times when God reached for us and we cursed and we rejected. Amen. And we, we told false we told false stories and we lied and we cheated and we stole and we, we sinned. And yet God still reached for us. There were many of us, amen, that were mired in, amen, the vicious cycle of sin. And yet you, when you lifted up your hands, you still found the Lord. It was because God is long-suffering and God reaches for humanity to pull him out of sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah to the man or the woman, amen, that's made a series of bad choices.
a good God. He's a great God. And even when you and I reject him, even when, amen, the apostle Peter cursed and, and rejected and lied and said, I don't know this man, be it far from me. And he, he told all sorts of lies and he was cursing. He was, he was distancing himself from his master. Amen. Jesus still reached for him. As Peter felt the, re, uh, the weight of his rejection of the master. And Peter, he, Peter fell. Maybe he went to his knees and said, oh God, how could I, how could I have betrayed you? How could I have fallen? And then in that moment, he felt the Lord saying, it's all right, Peter. I want to lift you up. I don't want you to stay in your distress. I don't want you to stay deep down, Peter. You messed up, yeah. But I want to pick you back up again. Your life, your future doesn't have to be like it is right now. I want to turn it around. He's forever reaching. Just like he reached for Peter, he reached for Judas. But we make choices. Long-suffering is, in this context here this morning, it is divine patience. It is divine patience. and It is actually the power of control which God exercises over Himself. God exercises control over Himself. It says, she's a sinner. Messed up. The law says X, Y, and Z. But I'm going to exercise control right now. I'm going to have some divine patience because maybe she'll correct her ways. Maybe I can reach her one day. Maybe I can help her one day. Maybe I can turn something around in her life. Maybe I can move the pieces of the puzzle and bring her to a place where she'll be in right fellowship and she'll be in proper alignment. Maybe I can help her. And God, I'm thankful that he looks at my life and he looks at your life and he says, maybe I can help him. Maybe I can help her. Maybe they'll allow me to turn their lives all the way around. When God, when God gets ready to show mercy, He focuses right on you and right on me. But when He gets ready to show patience and long-suffering, He focuses on Himself and He exercises divine self-control. Why? Because of His goodness. Because of His name. He remembers, my name is Jesus. And Jesus means Jehovah has become my Savior. This sinner needs me to be a Savior in their life. This amen, hopeless drunk, this hopeless addict needs me, needs my name over their life. Hallelujah. Our wickedness isn't in any way diminished or tolerated by God. It's just that He is controlling His wrath and His anger. And He is holding His righteous divine justice in check for a while. Hallelujah. It is the power of control in which God exercises over Himself. Causing Himself to bear long with the wicked. And to forbear punishment on those that give us the headaches. And those that give us the heartaches. Amen. I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Amen. For every lost son or daughter. Every wayward prodigal son. That even when they reject you. And they reject your God. God says I still love them. I still have no suffering. I still want to reach them. And I don't know how long God will be long suffering for. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation. 
Hallelujah. Clap your hands and worship the Lord one more time in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know how long it's been that God's been hot on somebody's trail. I don't know how long it's been that God's been reaching and God's been showing divine patience and divine self-control. But can I tell you today that God has brought each and every one of us to this place this morning to help you in your current distress, in your current situation. Hallelujah. When you were faced with different heartaches and and, and problems in times past and you wondered, God, why is this happening to me? Amen. You were living a life of sin and you were living a life devoid of Christ and God was, in essence, showing mercy and long-suffering towards your life. Hallelujah. We wonder why does God deal with people for so long? Why doesn't He just stop them? Why does God allow them to go on living this lifestyle of sin and affecting affecting more of the people? Hallelujah. It's because when he gets ready to move in justice and righteous indignation, his long suffering has been exercised, has been exercising control over himself for so long. And God says, I've given you so many chances. I've given you so many chances. Hallelujah. And I don't want to I don't want to take for granted the mercy and the grace of God and frustrate a God of grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Because I continually want to do things my own way. But God deals with man. God deals with women. God deals with people for a long periods of time until he says enough is enough. But I'm so thankful that he waited on me and he worked with me and he helped me. It says in the book of Nahum that the Lord is slow in anger and great in power. The old God, amen, a God who is often, amen, willing to bear insult and injury and unbelievable stuff that happens against his nature and his name because he is so great that he can afford to put up with us little people sometimes. Amen. Sometimes we've maybe in times past been in conversation with people and we've heard them curse God and we've heard them rag and ridicule the people of God and we stand back and say, God, I don't know, maybe you might dole out some judgment right here, but alas, the conversation finishes and we go on our merry way and we wonder, man, I'm surprised God didn't strike them dead. It's because God is long-suffering. It's because God is reaching for them. God wants to help somebody today. Amen. Hear me today. The prodigal son, when he was out in the world, living with a swine, living in a pig pen, the Bible says that finally the day came when he came to himself. He came to himself. It was a moment of revelation. He was not in his right mind when he was living in sin. And God understands these people are not in their right mind. They're not in their right mind. The people of Nineveh don't know their left hand from their right hand. And God has mercy upon those kind of people. He reaches for them. He wants to use you to be a witness to them. But his name is great. God is slow to anger for the fact that he's great in power. He gives, grace gives us what we don't deserve. 
And when mercy operates, it withholds what we do deserve. That's why mercy runs parallel with the long-suffering of God. God works his long-suffering in such a way as to give people time to turn around. He works his long-suffering in a way that says, I'm going to give you time to turn around. I'm going to give you man after man after man to preach into your life. Christian after Christian after Christian to influence your life until I know for a fact you absolutely don't want it. I'll give you every opportunity. But he works his long-suffering in a way that gives people the time to turn around because he wants everybody to know how much he loves them and how much he wants to come to them and how much he wants to work in their lives. It is the long-suffering of God which allows God to hold back when insulted by an inferior. Withholding judgment doesn't mean judgment isn't coming. God has held back the judgment that is deserved even towards a saint because of his goodness. God's goodness to us is through correction, oftentimes in chastisement. Because it is for our betterment. His goodness and his long suffering. He works, he waits. And nothing that happens in time or space, nothing that has happened in your life, diminishes the power of God. You say, Well, I was abused as a child, I was in abusive relationships, I, I, I've, I've killed people, I've I've, I've broken up marriages, I've, whatever it is, whatever, whatever it is, whatever lifestyle, whatever past you have, it does not diminish the power of God to work in your life. So you were a vile sinner, so you were messed up in sin. It doesn't change the fact that God is still all-powerful. That God is a long-suffering God, that He's a God of grace, a God of mercy, and a God of judgment at the same time. Nothing that has happened or is happening or will happen will diminish the power of God in your life. September the 11th, 2001 doesn't diminish the goodness of God. God is good no matter the evil that runs rampant in this world today. And our faith should not be shaken because of what happens in the chronological time frame. God's goodness doesn't change because of what happens here on earth. Amen. His goodness transcends my life. It transcends your life. It transcends all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People oftentimes in witness, he will ask me the hard question. Well, if God is God, how could this happen? How could that happen? Why would he allow my baby brother to be killed by an oncoming car? Why would he allow my mother and father to split up when I was a child and I needed them? Why would he allow a man, my my little sister, to get cancer and die at the age of six? Or whatever the tragic situation is, why would God allow this? Why would God allow my my child to be born uh, with a mental illness? Why would God allow, and we say, God, if you're God, how could all these things happen in my life?
it doesn't change the fact that he's still God. Each of us have to get to a point and a place in our lives where we say no matter what's happening, I will love the Lord. No matter the bad, no matter the good that's happened in my life, I make a choice to love him. I make a choice to serve him. I'm going to give my heart, my life to him. He is a faithful God. So my life has not always been the easiest and it's not been the dream that I thought it should have been. I'm not, amen, uh, going on the white horse with my uh, with the knight in the shining armor and going down the, the, the beautiful sunset beach and, and all the different, you know, fantasy things I thought marriage would be like or life would be like. Amen. But it doesn't change the fact, amen, that God is still a God. Amen. The God is the long-suffering God. Amen. He works with mankind. He works with humanity. Amen. You say, well, why didn't God, uh, why didn't God allow my cousin to be murdered? Amen. Because God loves your cousin and God loves the murder of your cousin. And God loves, amen, the abuse and God loves the abuser. God reaches for everybody. And he says, I want to turn their life around, your life around, his life around, her life around. I want to help the helpless. I want to give hope to the hopeless. I want to be a father to the fatherless. I want to be what you need me to be. Because of my great name, he is a long-suffering God. Hallelujah. The long-suffering of God needs to be grasped. It needs to be grasped by us so that we can appreciate it. So we can say, God, I sure do appreciate your long suffering. You know, there was times in my life, Sister Michelle, and I thought, man, God, I know I'm asking for a big request, and I ask you to forgive me. I'm a failure, I'm a mess. I'm so inconsistent. I remember as a boy praying, God, I can't get it right. I, I want to live right. I just keep messing up, God. I keep falling through the same dumb sin. God. Others may say I'm a hypocrite. Others may say anything about me, but God, give me. Have mercy upon me. Help me. I know maybe one day, God, I'll get it right. And I'm thankful in that moment. And each and every time I reached out to him, God said, I forgive you. I'll help you. Come on, get back up again, boy. You can make it. You can go forward. God wants to help you. Amen to the man, the woman that is frustrated and says, man, I'm trying so hard, but I keep falling to sin. Amen. Aren't you thankful that he's a long-suffering God that says, I still believe in you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to help you in spite of yourself. I'm going to help somebody today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He does not disqualify. Amen. But he qualifies the repentant heart, the repentant sinner, the repentant saint. He says, I will and you will. I'll help you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And if you don't appreciate it, you'll never applaud it. And if you'll never applaud it, you will not adore it. And if you won't adore it, you will never assimilate it into your life. 
Because you first have got to, amen, understand that He's a good God. He's a long-suffering God. And the more you begin to dwell on it and think about it, suddenly God says, I'm going to help you to be like me. I'm going to help you to forgive him, forgive her. Amen. Be long-suffering with that child and with this son and with this daughter. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Because God possesses goodness. Why don't you stand with me today as we close this service. Because God possesses goodness. He therefore displays and manifests great mildness. Because he possesses goodness and he's a long-suffering God. He therefore displays and manifests great mildness. God is only slow in his anger and wrath because of the magnitude of his goodness. He could squash us out anytime he wants, Brother Daniel. He could say, that's it. Send some angels down, take take the breath out of us. He says, no. There's something in him I'm going to work with. There's something in her I'm going to work with. His long-suffering puts up with us when we mess up. God can afford to be so long-suffering with even the vilest person in this world because His goodness is measureless. His goodness is without measure. Hallelujah. God wants to show somebody here today mercy and grace. Let's close our eyes for a moment and let's talk to the Lord. I pray God the Holy Ghost would have his way right now in this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We preached last Sunday about condemnation versus conviction. Here again on this Sunday morning, God is saying, I'm not condemning anybody. Amen. I'm showing long suffering. I'm showing grace and mercy. I'm allowing you time to get right with God. I want to reach somebody today. Amen. God believes in this group of people more than we believe in ourselves today. And here at at the close of this message today, our lives must demonstrate our beliefs, our reactions, and our way of living needs to demonstrate our faith in the goodness of God. So you, amen, so you said preaching, pastor. So you shouted hallelujah. So you went along with the preacher. Amen. Now in this portion of the service, we demonstrate what we believe. And we say, God, because of your goodness, because of your grace and mercy, Lord, I'll manifest some things in my life, God. I'll reach out to you, Lord. God, I'll come once again before your throne. I'll come once again to your feet, God. And I understand that God will uphold those who fall. Amen. He'll let somebody fall, but he'll hold them up. And I'll respond.
response, amen, to the goodness of God uh, to bring about a humbleness and a meekness in our lives where we say, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Come on, this altar is open today. Jesus, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost have His way right now in this place. If you're here this morning, you say, man, I know I've not done things the right way all of my life, but I believe that God wants to help me still. I invite you to come. If you're here today and you say, I've messed up over and over again, I don't know if I could ever get it right. I invite you to come to this altar. If you're here today and you say, I don't know if God can love me. I don't know if God accepts me. I invite you to come to this altar and reach out to Him today. Come on, there's an altar that's open today for somebody that would say, Father, I appreciate your long suffering. I'm applauding it. I'm adoring it. And I will assimilate it into my life. Hallelujah, because he suffers long with us. Hallelujah, because he suffers long with us. There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. Jesus. 